0: Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Good day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this, Rory. Paul,
1: it is great (laughs) to be here. Thank you, my friend.
0: Now, you have a very uh, kind of a unique... Uh, special. This is a special episode where you get to interview mm-hmm. um, an entrepreneur who really deals with the issues that you talk about all the time of coaching.
1: Right. And uh, so we're going to talk. Uh, interviewed a guy named Brian Hogan, good friend of mine. He runs Blue Valley Industries here in Kansas City. It's actually a shelter workshop for folks with disabilities. And actually, as you well know, our youngest son has Down syndrome, and he actually works there. And so Brian and I have talked from time to time, and he told me a very fascinating story about he went to a, a a trade show in Chicago and um and he asked an employee the right question at the right time and so this episode is really the magic of asking the right question at the right time and the and how the imagination can explode at that point. Right. And uh, he just tells a great story about you know, he was up there with the employee and they needed to expand their um their production by about ten percent. Mm-hmm. So what he did is he basically you know he could have asked a question here in kansas city he could ask the question at the airport he could ask the question on the drive up the airport he could ask a question on the plane he could have asked everywhere but he waited to that right moment when they're in the midst of the, the you know the huge trade show with miles and miles of conveyor belts and various tools and all of this stuff for for manufacturing and he'd let him walk him through a couple of rows and then when they got to row three he's asking the question that you'll hear in a moment so i just thought that was a real, great
0: a real practical real life uh example of always coaching, which I liked.
1: Right. And and the other side of the coin is, too, That and I won't give it away, but it's the fascinating part of how the the employee reacted when the question was posed to him. So it's asking the right question at the right time, but also the real revelation that Brian had with regards to what the employee wanted to do going forward. And mm-hmm. he didn't know that until he asked the question, until they had the discussion, and then the freedom the employee had, and then the freedom that Brian had with then following up and saying, where do you go? And And just all you know when you ask the right question at the right time and you expand someone's you really truly explode their imagination then when you explode their imagination you also get the power of ownership and that's so critical
0: great great. that's what they did here okay so let's go into the interview with brian hogan
1: very good thank you good morning we're here today with brian hogan executive director of blue valley industries and welcome to the podcast brian oh thanks so much happy to have you here tell me a little bit about what blue valley does
2: well, we are a non-profit organization that works with developing disabled adults okay. uh, here in Kansas City, Missouri, and so um, we are what uh, some call a sheltered workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means we work with these adults. Uh, they're people that uh, are brought, have come to us either through a state referral or through personal uh, referral. Um, we're just working in the community hasn't worked out for them, and mm-hmm. so we Some people come and work for us for a long time, uh, and for others we're trying to figure out uh, what has gone wrong Mm -hmm. and and how to do it right. So we're a very entrepreneurial nonprofit, Mm -hmm. so for some we look like a a traditional 501c3, and for others we're a business. So um, some of our our funding is through government grants, and more than half comes from uh, business contracts just like any normal business.
1: Okay, excellent. So one of the things that you do is, you know, obviously you get government con- you know, you get government support to help giving uh, employment to people with intellectual and other uh, disabilities, but also, um, you, you know, you've got a contract that you do with a client, and you they're expanding their business, and so you had to say, okay, how do I ramp up to to do this? And I just thought that story was a great story of coaching that you're, you know, working with one of your employees. Say how do we ramp this up? How do we how do we fit the needs of the client who wants to have more work put through our doors? Right.
2: Well, you know, we had uh, dinner a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, and I was just telling you the story that um, I, one of my key staff and I had been kind of going through a problem. Our 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 customer we've had for uh, about ten years. Okay. Uh, this one particular customer, and each year it has grown to the point where in those 10 years, it's it's almost tripled in size from where we first started with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, anytime you look at a project, you look at what are the resources we need, what are the resources we have, what are we good at, what do we need to adapt or learn or change. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, we've realized that we have really maximized the footprint of our building the way we utilized it. Um, we also were confronted with Um, a general company just go out and just hire people in and bring them in Uh, we of course work with with individuals that may be a little slow or need a little additional coaching or teaching Um, and that it takes a while for people to get through the system to get into us and so just adding people in which would be the normal business solution just wasn't gonna happen so how do you how do you go to a 10 percent increase in, in production output within a two-month period of time uh, was pretty overwhelming to us so
1: and with the same level of workforce
2: with the same level of workforce right and so what we had looked at was how did we reassign staff how did we look at the processes that we had done for ten years what worked really well and what needed adaptation and so by the time we came to the end of that, we had taken care of some of the problem because just through allocation, reallocation of resources, but we still had a big hurdle mm-hmm. in that we had to do something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, our, our engine had to change a little, mm-hmm. and so um, I had got together with one of my key staff and said, "Look." I'm going to take you. So every every year there's a, a packaging show, once mm-hmm. in Chicago and once in Las Vegas, but the big one is the Pack Expo that happens in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so they take over McCormick, and it's the, the entire building, and thousands and thousands of people go every day, and there's thousands of vendors showing different pieces of equipment or new packaging styles. Uh, and so I've gone to that for a number of years just to go... Go and grow and learn and just so when somebody brings up uh, an idea to me or a project, I might have a solution that I can think of or somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, I, I had taken my key employee with me, um, and we were just to go and to just walk through. And I had told him I just wanted him to see everything and see if it spurred any thoughts of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a different. Uh, purpose in mind, but I, I wasn't going to tell them that until we were there, so we we had walked through one of the main rooms that uh, got our hands on stuff, just kind of like kids, get our hands on stuff, play with stuff, look at stuff, say, oh, this isn't for us, or gosh, I would do it this way, uh, and then we got to the second room, which was really, uh, had the, the automation that I thought might be of interest to us, but I didn't know exactly what that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of stopped, and we were in about the second aisle of the room. Uh, and I said, look, here's, here's what I'm really looking for. I said, you know we need to get our, our volume up. I said, I'd like you to, as we finish our walk, start giving me ideas of what, you, what solutions you would have. Mm. You know, how would you see we could use some automation? And, and, and it was interesting his eyes kind of lit up it took him a second and he kind of he kind of walked around for a second in our little area we hadn't even moved yet and he and he comes back and he goes you know he said there's this thought that's been kind of in my head but i haven't wanted to talk about it mm. he said i think if we used a conveyor in a unique way and built to had it built for us to do this that uh it would help mm-hmm. it would do it and so it was really great. We then spent the rest of the show. We went from fishing. We were just. It was like, what are we out maybe trying to catch? To hunting. We were, you know, we were very targeted in what it was. He he thought we could achieve. Right. Uh, and it, so it changed the the whole trip. Hmm. So by the time we walked out about four hours later, we knew exactly the equipment we, that we wanted to purchase. We knew how we were going to have it built. Who was going to be the vendor for it. Um, it took us about four months to get that built and, and put in place, um, but it was really a unique experience. You know, one of the things that you and I talked about up to this point, uh, before the broad, or before the podcast, was that if I I already sort of knew what the problem was and maybe at the beginning of the solution, but I, it, if it came for me, it would only be limited by my imagination what right. I could what I could uh, uh, think of. But by giving it to, to to this employee who's much smarter in, in terms of building things or creating things, um, it had opened up to to his imagination, mm. and we got far much farther along, much faster. Uh, we had a a system that was designed specific to what he knew that this team could do. And so, as we're watching it, uh, that is going to take care of our problem.
1: Wow. So. And it was really posing the question to him to say, okay, here's kind of my vision of the process. What can we do? And then when almost immediately he had it in the back of his mind, he'd been working on it for some time, but he didn't have the courage to say it. Right. And, you, and by asking the question, it gave him the courage to say that. Right. And, and that's what I see with so many leadership role scenarios is the leader will um, uh, do something and you know, all the team will watch to say, okay, what's the leader going to do? Whereas you gave him permission to say, "What's your? What do you think? Here's the vision. You know the problem we've got to face. How would you fix it?" And it helped him. And probably, how did it impact his ownership of that? Because I just I love it. I love the the concept you gave there. Imagination expansion is is kind of the the concept I got of it. So, you know,
2: so when the. Uh when we, we finally brought that manufacturer's rep into our building mm-hmm. and, and kind of wa- let them walk the space and talk about our vision, you know, I, I was in the conversation, but I didn't lead the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he led the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then as, as the contract was being drawn, of course I signed off on it. And I was there every step of the way, but I was just, I was just a team member on that. Mm. Uh, that was really his project. And so it, that matters mm-hmm. so as today when that machine is out and up and running and there's, a, and there's a team working using that you know he's out there today trying to figure out how he's going to use it better how's he going to tweak things around it to me so again I, and I'm not telling him how to do that or telling him he needs to do that
1: right but because he owns it. Because he owns it, it's his. Right, it's his. He wants to make sure this Ferrari runs. That's right. And, and, it's, and, and I just love the idea of imagination expansion. By asking the questions involving people. And that's what we want to do in coaching is we want to have a scenario where we, don't, we want the people to be responsible, uh, be aware and responsible. And he was already aware, but by asking the question, you transfer the responsibility from yourself to him. And he really took ownership and just took off with it. That's right, and
2: yeah, it, you know, again, if I had, if I led and, and told all of my staff where we were going to end up, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be anywhere near we are
1: today, right? Because your imagination is so small compared to the imagination that everybody collect collectively,
2: right? Well, you know, I'm always kind of concerned with, you know, the end results. How happy is the customer? What's our bottom line? Are our government contracts? or is everybody happy? Um, so I, I can't also be um, involved with the day-to-day in terms of how are we doing on the deadline today, how are we doing on the deadline this hour, how are we long? So that's his perspective and it's a really important perspective. And so I need to give him the freedom to achieve those goals, mm-hmm. the, those objectives that, that, that we get set uh, based off of what his input is.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how, how has he changed since when you asked that question and you gave him this project, you know how has this person changed from your perspective of, of that? Uh,
2: so over the years, uh, my my jobs really when I when I came was um, I've been in, in leading this organization for about twenty years. Okay. So I'm still learning and growing and sure. know, changing, uh, but. Up until probably ten years ago, my, my job was much more in-house, every day making sure that that things were done. Um, and as this, this is just the latest example of this. So anyway, I, I don't need to be here that much anymore. I'm I'm out leading the organization in the community the way that a nonprofit and a business needs to be run with community contacts, governmental contacts. Uh, things that are driving not just our organization forward but are driving the industry forward right mm-hmm.
1: and and so but, but from a day-to-day perspective you've seen this person take a tremendous amount of ownership now absolutely you know that's the yeah and 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 I like to talk about transformational leadership i think coaching helps people do transformational leadership so he, you've seen him transform from almost being afraid to ask you the question. Oh, I had this vision, but I was afraid to, to mention it. To how is he now with regards to offering suggestions or ideas?
2: I think it's it's really been good. So, you know, I was saying that he's out there today, actually working it with the team, sort mm-hmm. of tweaking things, and 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 I wasn't part of that. I I've just been kind of watching it, but. You know, he's not asking me, what would you think if I did this? Mm-hmm. How do I do that? He's just said, I'm going to go do
1: that. Right. Yeah.
2: You know? So, you know, he's very focused on what the results will be. Mm-hmm. And he's very invested in that.
1: Right. And I think that's the, that was really the power of that question at the trade show. I can almost see you in the trade show with miles of, yeah. of, of, of alleys of stuff. And you sitting there and saying, you know, how would you handle this? And that being a transformational moment in his career is, you know, that expansion of that imagination right there. Right. And that's what I think is so important because as leaders, what we need to do is not only transform our organization, but we transform our organization when we transform the people that work with us. And I see that moment right there of being that transformational moment. You're all together and you said, here's the vision, here's the challenge, what do you think? And immediately he says, well, I've been afraid to say this and now I'm going to say it. Right. And I just want to say to leaders, that's the key to this process is asking questions, finding out what your people think, expand that imagination. I you know, I came up with the term, a collective imagination is expanded at that point, but also that team member becomes an owner of the process. They become an owner of the problem. And because of that, you know, he's on the floor now, not coming back to you say, "Hey, Brian, what do I do on this?" He's managing that really independently. All by himself, he's taken ownership of the problem. Absolutely, and that's the that's the that's the process. I I just you know teaching more and more people this is the key. And as I go around the country, and I walk into a, a boardroom and they've got all the senior management team there, literally only about maybe 80, you know, 80 to ninety percent of people have never been taught the coaching model. Ask questions, find out what your team wants, and and that was much easier than trying to all the time figure out because you could, Imagine the heartache you 'd go through if you try to figure out what to tell him to do every step of the way
2: no that 's right it 's exhausting
1: it is know. exhausting, yeah,
2: but you know it also matters where I had the conversation. If I would have had that here in my conference room or you know mm-hmm. or with my board in this conference room with him we we wouldn 't have ended up where we were it, it mattered where I had it you know we, we, we took it didn 't cost us much you know we flew to Chicago we right. went to the trade show and but it happened in the right place where his imagination could run. Right. So I think that mattered.
1: You know, and that's, that's, uh, that is a great point, because I talk about the art and the science of coaching. And the art is, we, need to, we know we have to ask questions to create, or excuse me, the science is, we know we have to ask questions to create awareness and responsibility. But also the art of it is, you waited to that moment where I'm gonna have him, where his, expansion, his imagination can be blown, He's got tons of ideas in front of him. There's lots of options here. And then, he. so that was the moment of conception of that idea. Boom, now we're gonna do it. I think that's a great uh, analogy of that moment. I love that analogy of boom, here's the place to ask it. Because you could have asked him that on the plane. You could have asked him that in the airport. You could have asked him that here in the boardroom. But you chose to ask him that there. And, And that's also such an important key of coaching is asking the right question at the right time so that you really get the spark the, you know, you get the complete big bang. You don't. You just don't get. Oh, I'm going to think about that. Right. You really get action. Yeah,
2: that's exactly it.
1: Yeah, and you, and you could see him walking down the aisles mm-hmm. of that show. And and obviously, you're walking with him, and you were thinking too. But mm-hmm. letting him use his magic because he's the guy who's going to be doing this every day, all day long, and having him have ownership of that tool. I just think that's absolutely terrific. Uh, you know, from an art and science right question at the right time, and then the collective imagination just expanded because it was the right question at the right time. And I just think that's a great uh, a great moment to, to end the podcast on. So any yeah. c- concluding things that you would say to managers as they coach in this method or, or this process?
2: Hmm. Uh, just remember, you're never the smartest person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is always this I, I, I gotta tell you this I to, I, that brings up this one thing I gotta bring up one story so I do this exercise uh, with boards and senior management teams called the spaghetti exercise have you ever heard this? yeah, no Okay. spaghetti exercise is, is this and, and one of the things that I've always learned from this exercise and, and it's exactly the point that you're saying there is you're not the smartest person in the room so I do this spaghetti exercise and what we do is we give them spaghetti some tape uh, and a marshmallow and the goal is to build a tower Okay, and the team that builds the highest tower uh, and then supports the marshmallow for one minute after they let go of the thing, they win. All right, simple enough. Build a tower, twenty minutes, boom. What I've discovered though, every time there's the executive director or the most senior person in the room, okay, Mm -hmm. that's there, and they're on a team, I see exactly the the process you talk about. Is all the other ones if they if if the other teams are equals then they, they play a different role in leadership. They'll all kind of take the leadership role and they'll pass around ideas, things like this. But when I see the VP, or the executive VP is the most senior person or the CEO is the most senior person, when I see the CEO sit at that table and I say go, it is amazing, all heads snap, look at that person and say, what do you think we should do? <laughs> and, and what it tells me is that person has not learned how to coach because what they should say to the entire group is, what do you think? That's right. What do you think? And that's what you did that day, mm-hmm. and that's why you're building a better tower today, because you were to say to them, boom, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. And so I just think that's a great thing to end on, is you're not the smartest guy in the room, it's not about you, it's about the team, it's about how do we progress forward, and this methodology helps you get there. That's right. Yeah, great right. job. Brian, I can't say you. thank you. I appreciate you being here, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: So that was your interview with Brian Hogan.
1: Yeah, and I just love the story. I love the question he asked about, you know, how would you do this? What would you do with this? And how it just absolutely made the employee go, well, I've been thinking about this for quite a while, but it clearly he couldn't, he didn't feel comfortable at that point to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And by Brian asking that question, I said, no, I, I want you to. I want you to drive this. I want you to be the one who manages it. I want you to be the one who puts it together your imagination, your ideas, your process so that he truly has ownership, and then every day he's trying to tweak it to make it better. And I just think that's uh, such a great example of what we can do as Mm -hmm. managers. But also the employee, as you heard in the interview, said – I wanted to work on this. I mean, I, I had some ideas and yeah. I didn't know when it was the appropriate time to bring that up and bias manager by asking that an employee might have some ideas, but they're afraid. They just don't know if it's the right protocol to do that. And I just think that's the amazing thing about this story is the right question, at the right time and how it exploded the imagination of this employee and and really reinforced his ownership.
0: And I see what you did there. In every episode, you talk about questions, and then now you're you're showing it. It actually worked for somebody in a remarkable way. Yeah, okay. And actually, not only
1: not only is it good to ask the question, but right. it was transformational for the organization, mm-hmm. um, and it was transformational for this young man who now is is doing that. Uh, he now has a project that he can tell his friends and colleagues about. Hey, I went to this trade show. I I was the one who said, buy this, buy this, buy this. I mean, he was literally going yeah. through the grocery store and say, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then you know, he, he had to justify it. And then, you know, how incredibly powerful is that to be able to go back to your your friends, your family, you know, how's your work? Man, it's kind of fascinating. I'm I'm doing this project and my boss has given me the right. whole thing and and the growth that occurs from that.
0: And and how rewarding it is to be a leader that brings that out of somebody absolutely that's what's what all about
1: absolutely bring it, to release that that imagination that they have and release that ownership and release their abilities and, and then they walk away going you know i'm a better individual in this yeah. because as john whitmore says the manager has two responsibilities get the job done and grow your people this is a great example where they were really at the crossroads of you know, in the warehouse worth all the stuff at the trade show uh-huh. and really at that crossroads of getting the job done, but growing his people. And he did that with one question. And I think that's, you know, that's the classic example of killing two birds with one stone, grew his people, got the job done with one powerful question.
0: All right. Great story. Good interview. Um, how can
1: people get hold of you if they need you? Uh, absolutely. at R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D. And also they can visit us at Coaching manager University. That's coachingmanager.university. And we have a, uh, a program there designed for managers so that they can improve their skill sets. And it's a 52-episode program which will help people grow as managers significantly. Excellent. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you, my friend.
0: Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Voda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.